All right. We'll get to our new verse here in just a couple of minutes, but uh, we're going to begin uh, again tonight. So we started a couple weeks ago looking at the family. If you turn me down a hair, I'm a little loud. Uh, we are going to be looking at, first we looked at what is a home? We did Sunday morning, Sunday night. Uh, looking at what a home is, a biblical home, what should be in, seven things that should be in a biblical home. Uh, if you did not catch that message, I encourage you, it's on Sermon Audio, go back and look at it. But really, it began the week before that uh, for Father's Day. Uh, who will stand? About talking about we need some men that are going to stand in the gap, amen, uh, for their families. And in order for us, we looked at what a home is kind of in general. So what we're doing with this series, we're starting big picture, and we're going to get more and more and more specific. Now, as human beings, we like patterns. We like to know what to do. You know, we think of a recipe. It has a certain measurements, you know, a cup of milk, two eggs, those type of things. That is a pattern to follow. If you're making clothes, you follow a pattern. Some people can kind of make their own pattern in their own brain. Like if you build something like over here, you follow a pattern. This is not a pattern. I made that up. But, uh, you know, this is what happens when you make things up. No, uh, but you follow a pattern. You know, if ever you buy something from Ikea. Right? It's got an instruction book. It has a pattern. It has diagrams to show you exactly how to put it together. Or how to decide, I know what I'm doing, and then I just throw, the, I throw that over here. I can figure this out. No one's ever done that, right? But uh, what about a family? Is there, does God prescribe a pattern for a family? A pattern for a home, because we already looked at that our homes ought to be a piece of heaven on earth. That what goes on inside them, I understand we're not perfect, there's going to be issues, there's going to be problems, because we're human beings, I get that. But our homes ought to be different than what's going on outside. It ought to be a refuge, a place of peace, a place of God's worship, a place of God's knowledge, a place where we can retreat and be a refuge. But in order to accomplish that, in order for God to bless our homes, does God give us a pattern to follow? And the answer to that is yes. The issue is, is today we want to find our own pattern or we follow the patterns of uh, psychological teaching uh, that are going on today. You know, the, the teachings of Dr. Spock are very much alive and well in our homes today, uh, even in our Christian homes, uh, even Christian authors that write about the family, write about child rearing, uh, they use some scripture, but they also use a lot of psychotherapy, which if you've been listening the last few months, I've uh, been doing part of my uh, master's class I'm doing right now, the damage that psycho analysis and psychotherapy can do in the church of God because we have turned to that instead of turning to the uh, the word of God. Uh, we always have to have a reason for everything. You know that sometimes things, the reason for things is just sin. Amen? That's sometimes just the reason uh, that this way human beings are. We need to be careful of that. But let's look at God's pattern for the home. 1 Corinthians 11, 3, so that's our sermon for this evening. You put the slide up with the title and the reference for me. 
There we go. All right, God's pattern for the home, 1 Corinthians 11.3. Now, this verse is going to be our memory verse for this week. So if we could stand together, uh, it's going to be up on the screen, but also if you're there in your Bible, uh, we're going to go ahead and read this out loud together two times through. So this is going to be our memory verse for this week. All right, so uh, 1 Corinthians 11.3. Now, what, what is the context of this? 1 Corinthians, and especially chapter number 11, okay, we know 1 Corinthians chapter number 11 for the example of communion in the church, how to properly run the church, how to properly conduct ourselves not only in the church, but in the house of God, also in our families. Remember, a church is made up of people and of families, and our church is only as strong as our families. So if God is going to give us a prescription, a pattern to follow in communion, a pattern to follow in worship, a pattern to follow in preaching, a pattern to follow in every area, don't you think he's going to remember the pattern for the family and for marriage? Okay, so this is the pattern right here, the rock-solid pattern of God's Word. Proper, or sorry, 1 Corinthians 11, 3. Let's read this out loud together. Let's begin. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. One more time. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Let's pray. Dear the Father, I pray that you will bless the message tonight, and Lord, that you would give me clarity of thought in speech this evening. Oh, Lord, we need to follow your pattern, and Lord, your pattern works. And Lord, I pray that you would strengthen each family here tonight as we begin in a big picture, Lord, and as we get more and more specific, Lord, that we would ask ourselves the question, am I following your pattern. I pray that we would ask that in our heart tonight and be open to what you tell us. I pray your blessing this evening, and I pray that you will guide and direct us in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. All right. God's pattern for the home. Uh, so let's look at number one tonight. There are some requirements for success in the use of this pattern, some requirements. And there are some requirements here. Uh, the first being uh, believing that God's word is true. I hope we believe that we hold in our hand God's infallible word. Amen. That these are not man's words. These are God's words. God's message to me and to you and to mankind. Sometimes we look at that and we see the big picture. Yeah, to mankind. Well, you're part of mankind. It's a personal living message for you and that this is the basis of our faith. Sometimes we have a division between church and our regular life. We have a division between church. Well, that's what we do in church. The Bible's for church. And then other things, my philosophy and my psychology is for outside the church. No, the Bible is every area of our life. Church and our family, our home, our, our secret life, our outward life. It is the basis of not only our faith, but of our practice. The Bible is a practical book. Amen. You want to know how to have good business dealings? Go to the book of Proverbs. You want to know how to treat people? Go to the Word of God. You want to know how to uh, have a successful family? Go to the Word of God. You want to know what to train your children in, how to train them? Go to the Word of God. That's what we're doing in this series. We're going to the Word of God, going back to basics. 
that God has written out. Do we believe that God has written out his instructions for us, his pattern? Do you believe that tonight? I hope you do, because if you do, then you'll act on it. If you don't, you're going to listen to this message tonight. You're going to listen to Sunday morning. You're going to listen to these messages. And I said, I understand what pastor is saying, but I don't think that's going to work for me. Why? Is God not powerful enough and wise enough to know your situation and know how God's word can apply to you? Do you think he doesn't know how to do that? He does. Let's not put God in his box. Let's say, yes, this is what I need and this is what I need to do. A pattern that he will bless because there are patterns out there. You You name it, there's a pattern for a home out there today. Uh, there's a pattern of, uh, well, I don't even want to go into all the patterns. There's so many of them. Some of them are just kind of weird. Some of them are twisted. Some of them are like, well, that's never going to work, right? But let's be honest. Are we following a pattern? Do we have a pattern in our home? And I'm afraid that we've even gotten to some Christian patterns that are we consider Christian patterns, but they're not Bible patterns. we got to remember that. That we have some Christian patterns in the home, but they're not Bible patterns. And we wonder why God isn't blessing our Christian pattern, our Christian way of doing things. You know what we've done? We've seen God's pattern, and we found a couple things that we don't like about it. That some areas of responsibility that we don't think should, should apply to us, and we tweak it. Some people do it of no fault of their own. That's just what they've been taught. Uh, There are churches today that they have a tweaked version of Bible. uh, uh, They have the essence of the Bible pattern, but they tweak it a little bit. Sometimes they get a little extreme in some areas or another. Remember, God's word is always balanced. Amen? Uh, We need to make sure we're balanced. Uh, It's man that goes to extremes, not God. But we need to look at this tonight and ask ourselves, 2 Timothy 3.16, turn over there, 2 Timothy 3.16. This is a verse about the word of God. We know this verse well, but I want us to let this be the basis here tonight, a requirement that what I'm going to be speaking to you about is the pattern that God has in his word. We see the pattern here in 1 Corinthians 11.3. We're going to expand on this a little bit. But we look at this in 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17. All scripture, we know it, if you know it, just say it out loud, is given by inspiration of who? Of who? Of Pastor Spurbeck. No, of God, right? Well, this is just your opinion, preacher. No, this is what God says. Amen. And is all profitable. So that means it's going to do something positive. Amen, in your life. It's going to do something. God's going to bless it. This is going to be good for you. You know, when we get medicine and we're sick, that medicine is profitable for us. It's the idea behind this word, profitable. It's going to do wonderful things for you. It's not going to give you a million dollars in a Ferrari, but it's going to give you what you need to live life in the, that pleases God. And that should be the first thing, that, that we're pleasing to God. It is profitable for what? Doctrine? What we believe. Right? The doctrines of the word of God. Doctrine is not is truth. What is true? God's word is true. For reproof. Oh, something we're doing wrong. So we're doing, maybe we have a pattern. And there's going to be parts of the pattern that God is going to reprove. He said, you're doing this, but this is what my pattern says. So at that moment, you have a decision to do that reproof. My, my pattern's over here. God's is here. Am I going to move my pattern in agreement 
with God or am I just going to be stubborn in my pattern over here? Well, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. It'll be fine. If God says the pattern doesn't work, should we be doing it? Obviously not. I don't think you want someone building your house that's like that. Well, I know the pattern says this over here, but I think that wall needs to be six inches over there. Even though it's a low-bearing wall, the whole house will fall down if it's in the wrong place. Hey, it'll be fine, and it might be fine for a while. It might be fine for a couple years. It might even pass inspection. But then one day you come home and you found your home's halfway collapsed. What happened? They go, well, this guy moved it six inches. That pattern matters when you're building a house. And by the way, that pattern matters when God says it's true. For correction. Okay, reproof means you're doing this wrong. Correction, is this how you fix it? Aren't you glad God gives us solutions? I mean, he gives us solutions. For instruction in righteousness, how to go the right way to begin with. Amen. That's not that we're being corrected, but hey, where do I go from here? Reproof? Okay, correct. This is the way you go, and this is how you keep going that way. That the man of God may be perfect. Gentlemen, you want to be the perfect man? Look for that perfect woman? Know your Bible. But perfect means complete, mature. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You'll have the tools you need to follow the pattern. Amen. The problem is we try and follow a pattern without the tools. We try to follow the pattern our way or in our strength instead of turning to what God has for us. So that's the first thing. First, we need to believe it. Okay, all right, I believe the pattern. Second, establishing God's pattern in the home. If you believe God's word's true, then we will enact this pattern. We will not go to other sources. We're going to go to the word of God. You know, so, but preacher, we have so many other sources today. I understand there's some good books. You know why they're good books? Because they use God's word, not because they're, the authors are amazing. All they said, all they're doing is what I'm doing right now. They use sermons, they put them in a book and said, follow it. And God's word says this, there's some practical instruction about the word of God. But do we need those? We have this idea, we need these books in order to have successful families. Well, how do people get along for thousands of years without them? Amen? I mean, how in the world did our country make it from infancy to today without self-help books? Well, because we have the ultimate self-help book, God's word. And it will help you if you will die to self and listen to it. Not saying those books are wrong, but they're not your primary source for information. Amen. All right. It's quiet because that's what Christian pattern is today. Let's follow the books. No, let's follow the book. That's where we need to be at. Establishing God's pattern. So now we're going to enact it. Now third, this is essential. We have... The pattern given to us by the Bible, by God's word, by God. Now we're going to enact the pattern. If you're going to successfully enact the pattern, every member of the family must practice the Lord's presence in the home. Remember what we said. Jesus is, not, is a member of the family, not a guest. You know, we read that, thing, that quote that Jesus is the unseen guest at every meal, right? And unseen and unknown. No, he's known. He's a member of the family. Amen. Amen. He's not some secret mystical force there or that we pretend like he's not there. He's a member of the family. And so what does that mean? Not only must we know God's commandments, but we must believe and realize that his commands are not grievous. 1 John 5, 3. Let's turn over there. This is very, very important, especially to young people. Amen. Oh, this is where we're, this is sometimes when we start enacting the pattern. Who gets upset? The kids. This isn't fair. 
I mean, why are we not doing this anymore? Why are we going, you know, we used to have fun in this family and, and now we're just, we're, you know, we're just a bunch of Jesus people and, and now we're just, well, we can't have any fun. And you guess what? You know what the Bible says? Um, spare not for his what? Crying. You know, if they get upset, then we need to take them to this verse. 1 John 5, 3, for this is the love of God, and we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not what? Grievous. What, well, what does that mean? It means unreasonable, abusive, or damaging. They won't hurt you. They're not unreasonable. They're not unfair. They are just, God's words, holy and right. And this is what we ought to do. So if we are upset about following the commands of God, there's nothing wrong with God. There's something wrong with us. And so every person in the family needs to get on board with this. Biblical principles work the same today as in the day that they were written. God's word is timeless. You know, we say that a lot, don't we? God's word's timeless. God's word's infallible. We talk about slogan-based Christianity Sunday night. We believe in the infallibility of the word of God, that it's timeless, that applies today. But then when it gets down to applying to you today, well, you know what? We have more knowledge now. You know, we have better things. No, we don't. There's nothing better than the word of God. But that's not popular preaching today. Only if these requirements are in place can we see the implementation of God's perfect pattern. Okay, that's all the introduction. All right, that was the introduction. So let's look at number two, God's heavenly pattern. Okay, so we're in 1 Corinthians 11.3. Turn back over there, 1 Corinthians 11.3. And we'll break this up into three ways. So we're breaking this up into chain of command. Chain of command. Uh, there is a chain of command in the military, right? And there's a, there's a reason why. Uh, we talked about this. Uh, the, on Sunday, you know, no matter how much a private wants to be a general, uh, he's not going to be a general just because he really, really wants to be. And we same way, we can't have a Christian home because we really, really want to. There's going to be some things we're going to have to do, requirements that we looked at. We're going to have to make some hard decisions. And first thing you have to understand is that Christ is the head of every man. You see, but I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ. So stop, stop there. So the head of every man. So it's talking about it's talking about the husband. It's talking about the father. The leader of the home is the husband slash father. They should be the same person. Amen. Amen. Okay. That's this is God's plan. Christ is the ultimate authority. All right. So this is the important part of leadership of the home is that um, dad is not, dad or husband is not the ultimate tyrant, which is how the world pictures it today. You know, patriarchy. You know what? You know, women are oppressed. Patriarchy. Right? Don't we hear that today? And all these people get online on their social media accounts and blast all this other stuff. But there's a bunch of stupidness. Now, are there people that have abused people and done sinful things in the name of following this pattern? Yes, there are. But guess what? This wasn't what God intended. It's not what God means. And these people are just trying to excuse their sinful behavior. So let's just get that out of the way right there. Okay, so there are people that have done it unbalanced and gone the opposite way. Here's the end of it. What is the ultimate goal of every Christian is to be like Christ. So if you're not leading like Christ, then you're not following God's pattern. Amen. So, gentlemen, we need to lead as Christ led. We need to be like Christ. And ultimately, 
this is an awesome responsibility to lead other people and who is going to come to us and is going to, we're going to give account to, every husband and father is going to give account to Christ directly. Amen. And they're going to come, uh, you know, they're not going to come and talk to your kids. Well, why didn't you do that? Or talk to your wife. They're going to come talk to you. He's going to come talk to you. Amen. And you're going to stand before God for the authority that he invested in you. And day by day by day, we are under the authority of Christ. Amen. So the head of every man is Christ. He has to be the authority in every home. That's why the Bible calls under shepherds. Passage are under shepherd. The great shepherd is Christ. Christ is the ultimate authority in every home. This takes so much pressure off us as parents. Like, what do we do? Do what Christ says. Amen. We feel a lot of pressure today. How do I raise kids to love the Lord in the day and age that we live in? By the way, our day and age isn't so much different than other days and ages in the past. And people grew up for the Lord and made it. He said, well, we see so many young people losing, you know, going off to the wayside and think, well, here it is. The allurements of the world are strong. And that's why we as parents need to be very careful what allurements of the world, if any, we let inside our house. Okay? And that's why I preach on this so much, because what we do, we allow the allurements of the devil into our homes, and we wonder why our children turn to the devil. Amen? So that's why we need to be careful All that glitters is not gold. And that's exactly the devil loves to practice shiny things. That's why we need to be careful and use wisdom. And remember, we just memorized that verse, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of who? Father, who's that? God. Okay, so it's not of God. So he's not going to be okay with it being in your home. Amen. He's not going to be okay with that. And this pattern doesn't call for that. It calls for the opposite. It says, mom and dad, you keep it out. But it's of the world. So don't bring the world in that wants to destroy your home. And guess what? Can I say this? Satan has done a masterful job of destroying the home in the United States of America and worldwide. He has done a great job. Is Is there any hope? Yes, if we follow the pattern of God. So, This takes, so how do we train our kids? Christ leads us. How Christ wants them to be, that's the answer. How do we raise our kids? How Christ wants them to be. How do we know? We go to his book. It's that simple. We make it so complicated. Colossians 1, 17 and 18. He is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. The husband is to obey and submit to Christ as Christ desire the wife to submit to the husband. So what happens is we husbands submit to Christ and then wives submit to their husbands and then children submit to mom and dad. Top down obedience. But at the end of the day, if the husband's following Christ and then the wife is the following the husband who's following Christ and following Christ herself, then the children are going to do what? Father, you want them to love God, then you need to follow the pattern. But he is before all things. You know, have you ever worked on a car or worked on something? And you ask this question. Maybe, Brother Scott, you wondered this. I really like to talk to the guy who designed this thing. I would like to tell him something. Maybe it's a Ford product. 
you know, especially when replacing those spark plugs in those vans. I'm like, what were these people? Why put the spark plugs under the fuel injection rail? Why? You know, you have to take the fuel injectors out. Well, you don't have to technically, but, you know, we, you, it's a lot easier when you do. So I, you think, sit there and say, I wonder, man, I really want to talk to this guy. You know, maybe you have a problem and you're like, you know what? I really wish I could talk to the person who made this particular product or designed this or wrote this. You know what? We have access to our Heavenly Father and to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and said He has created all things so we can talk to who created us and our, who created our children. God, I don't understand why they're this way. Ever, um, parents have, if, if you've been parenting, you leave their eyes. God, what happened? You know, I don't understand them. Go to God who created them. You didn't create them, God did. You need to remember that. You know, we brought them into the world, we can take them out. But God made them in his image. So go to the creator who created them. Isn't that awesome that we can do that? We forget that. We need to make sure we're doing that. So that's the Christ is the head of every man. So second, the husband is the head of the wife. That's the second thing. The primary responsibility of the husband is the training of the children. So we're going to get more into this. This is just an overview. We're going to get more specific. Specifically, Sunday morning, God's pattern for the husband. Okay, we're going to get more and more specific about this. But the primary responsibility of the husband is training of the children. Not the ladies. So what we, now, when dad isn't home, yeah, the ladies are training the children, but the primary disciplinarian is dad in the training of kids. Uh, Ephesians 6, 4. Let's turn over there. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. You notice this. In Ephesians 6, 4 and Colossians 3, 21, two places, when it talks about disciplining children, it doesn't talk about mom. It talks about dad. This is the pattern of God. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So we need to be nurturing, not demeaning, not tearing down, not destroying, but nurturing them like a tender plant and admonition. So how do we admonish someone in the Lord? How do we do that? By using the... Bible. The admonition of the Lord. Whenever we read the word of God, that is the admonition of God towards us. Admonitions meaning to you need to go in this direction. So discipline from dad needs to be, we're not going to do this. You're not going to go this direction, but I'm going to nurture you, teach you, and admonish you to go in God's direction. That's your job, dads. And when your kids are in your home, and I don't care how old they are, if they're in your house, and they're 40 years old, they need to be listening to that admonition. And if they don't want to, then it's time for them to launch out into life. Sometimes quickly. No. But launch them out into life. Is it either you live here with this or we get launched out into life? And they say, well, isn't that harsh? No, it's not. But we see, especially in the matter of discipline, we'll get more of this on Sunday morning. But as we saw in Deuteronomy 6, Chapter 6 and 11, what? We're to teach our children the law of God as we walk by the way, as we sit down with them in our homes, as every day. And guess what? whose main job that is? Dad. That's your job. 
Now, do moms have part in this too? Absolutely, moms have part in this. But the main one who's leading this, who's bringing, pushing this forward, is not mom, it's dad. We have it backwards in a lot of churches today. Mom is the main one that teaches the kids about the Bible. It is mom that teaches the kids about their Sunday school lesson and make sure they memorize their verses. It's mom that's a disciplinarian and dad only takes over uh, a few times when it gets bad enough. It's backwards. That's not how God designed it. Mom is back up. Dad, it's your job. Isn't it even in a lost home? What would moms do? Wait until your father gets home, right? Because it was dad's job to discipline. Amen. Okay, so this is how, this is the pattern. So guys, this puts some responsibility on us. Why, why is this switched backwards? Because men don't want to fulfill their responsibilities. Why? Because we're lazy. Just be honest. Sometimes they don't know their, their role, but if they do know their role, it's just easier to let someone else do it. It is the responsibility of the husband and the father to provide for the home, to provide physically, okay, through a job, food, shelter, those things, to provide emotionally, an emotionally stable, an emotionally nurturing environment, spiritually, going to church, faithfully, amen. Got to make sure you're in a good church. Doesn't matter how spiritual you are, if you're not in a good church, your kids aren't going to thrive. How many years did Pastor Harvey preach that? All of them. And it's the truth. You have to be a spiritual leader. This is where we're going to church. This is how we're going to serve in the church. Every time the doors are open, we're in church. The husband needs to lead in that, not the wife and drag your husband to church all the time. Need to stand up, be a spiritual leader. The weight of leadership is on his shoulders, but it is Christ that puts it there. It has, isn't the church, it's not me, it's not the world outside. Christ has said, man, this is your job. This is what you need to do. This is your role. This is what you need to do. By the way, the role of husband and wife are not one inferior to the other. They're just different. Amen. Uh, in the military, you know, different people's MOS, right? It doesn't make them inferior soldiers. It just makes them different. Amen. Now, I know they joke about, you know, the infantry men, you know, they joke about other people, you know. Oh, you've got the easy job. We've got the tough one. You know, we actually go into battle. No, they joke about that. But in reality, everybody has to have their job due. Otherwise, the military doesn't function. You know, you wouldn't be anywhere without those cooks, right? <laughs> Need something to eat. <laughs> you get tired of MREs after a while. Maybe the MREs are better sometimes. But, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, but those things. But everybody has their part, and the roles are different, not one inferior to the other. It's everybody has to have their part, and husbands have their part, and wives have theirs. So second, or third, I'd say, let her see, the wife is the help me. So we see, go through. But I would have you know that the head of the every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. So the wife is the help me. Can I just say this? To be a wife and a mother is an honored position. Amen. God bless you for being faithful wife and mother. It is a blessed place. Amen. It's blessed of God. Over and over again in the scripture, it is a blessing. It is not a hindrance. It is not some demeaned thing. It is the culture demeans it. Of course the culture is going to demean it because they want to destroy the family. The devil wants the family destroyed. So, of course, demean it. And, and by the way, young people, don't buy into demeaning your mom at all or father because their position is honored in the word of God. Amen. Honor your father and your 
Mother, not just dad, but mother. And guess what? Our culture t- teaches the opposite. By the way, if you have entertainment choices that are teaching your kids to do the opposite, those entertainment choices should not be in your home because you'll live to regret it. The wife is to help me, Genesis 2, 8. And the Lord God said, it is not good that men should be, man should be alone. Why? Because men are pitiful alone. We're pitiful sometimes. I know, I don't know where I would be without my wife. You know, I'd be living in an apartment somewhere, eating TV dinners, I'm sure. You know, eating that, you know, eating that Chick-fil-A Subway, you know, going Panda Express, <laughs> Whataburger, you know, probably be 300 pounds, you know. It's not good that man should be alone. I always say amen to that. I will make and help meet for him. He needs help, right? And the lady's like, oh, yes, we know. They needed help. But a help that is meat, meaning that will fit. Because he named all the animals. He said they looked through all the animals. And there was not a found to help meat for him. God says, I'll make him one. What? I'll make, custom make him a help meat. That's why we have to understand and teach our young people that God has a custom made help meat for them. Ladies, there's a guy out there for you. And, God, and gentlemen, there's a lady out there for you that God has made and made meat for you. Amen. So wait for that right one. Amen. At least Brother Scott agrees. All right, right? Amen. We teach him to wait. You'll be sorry if you don't. Amen. All right. So Titus 2.4. So it is her job to represent the authority. This is important. It is important. It is her job to represent the authority of the husband to the children when dad is not home. So this is what I teach my sons. When mommy tells you something, it's just like I said it. Isn't that great, ladies? That just takes pressure off you. And so if that isn't followed, then discipline follows. By the way, I'm not saying that mothers don't, should not discipline. They should discipline the children. It's not just all dad's job. But uh, especially in leading in different areas, especially if there's major problems, it is dad's job to lead in the discipline, to lead in uh, coming to a, uh, what the rules are of the home, and it's mom's job to carry those out because she is the uh, ruler, the prime minister of the home, if you will, okay? So dad is at, at work or not there. Mom keeps the rule of the home. Remember, that's why the Bible says the law of your mother. Amen. So she is the law. She's the sheriff. And the kids are like, oh, yeah, we know. And the sheriff chastises, right? And so, yes, ladies, it is your job to discipline as well. But the husband is the one, the leader in that. It's not just all you. And the husband, oh, yeah, whatever you want to do, honey, that's fine. No, the husband leads in that. Titus 2, 4, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Hold on a second. So this pattern that we're talking about is God is God's picture of the church to the lost world. Because constantly in the Bible, marriage is compared to Christ's relationship with the church over and over and over again. So our marriages is a comparison of God's relationship with us. So it is a picture to the lost world. So if the pattern isn't followed... God is blasphemed in the eyes of the world. 
So that's when we see today, and I'll just tell you this, listening to one program, uh, you have people call in, and this is Christian programs, okay, that call in, you know, maybe it's about finances or different things like that. But you know what? You know how many of them? It's a lot of them say, oh, yeah, my ex or my this or my that or I'm paying alimony. or They're divorced, and they're Christians because the family fell apart because the pattern wasn't followed. Or maybe one was lost, one was saved, or one got saved, one didn't want to get saved, whatever it is. But the devil has done a wonderful job of destroying families, in our country today, even in, among, in the church. And so that is not what God has intended. We see here sober. So you teach young women to be sober. It means be serious-minded. It doesn't mean not drunk. You know, don't drink. Be sober. And I was talking about sobriety, serious-mindedness. Now, the idea in Scripture is not a woman is her husband's slave or in servitude to her husband, but is working alongside in partnership with her husband to raise a family. Your partners, your life partners. And God has laid down the chain of command. He has ordained it. Let's not challenge it. As a but preacher, I understand what you're trying to tell me. I understand. I know the pattern. What if I, I, you don't know my husband like I do? You don't know my husband like I do. And uh, they are not capable of leading. They just aren't going to do it. I have to step in and do it because my husband just won't lead. Well, here it is. Did God give the requirement to let him be the leader and to have the responsibility of a leader only if you think he's capable of it? Can I just let you in on a little tip, ladies? As long as you take the leadership role away from him, he's not going to take it back. Because you know why? He doesn't have to do it. And can I just say something here? <clears throat> Guys, it's in all men, I think, especially with the way our culture is today, that if we don't have to do something, we're not going to press for more work. So if our wives are leading in that way, hey, hey, that's great. Less work for me. Less pressure for me. It doesn't matter, ma'am, if you think he cannot lead. It's the job, it's his job to lead and yours to follow. Stop taking the reins of the family. And why men don't lead today, unfortunately, is that many women will not let them. If there's not, if there's no need to lead, then men won't. And it's like, well, why? We're dumb. That's why. Hey, if she's doing it, why should I have to worry about it? Instead, ladies, let him lead. All right, honey, I'm going to follow. I'm going to get my, I'm going to let you lead. Is he going to make mistakes? But can I tell you something with this? And our preachers have said this many, many times. And I'll say it again here. Uh, submitting to your husband is not just letting him going to crash and burn. It's getting out of the way so God can hit him. Because at the end of the day, is the Lord going to come to you, ma'am, and ask you, well, uh, why did the home get led in the wrong direction? He's not going to come to you. He's going to come to your husband. But instead, he's going to come to you and say, uh, why didn't you follow your husband's leading? Can I tell you something? Some men here in our churches today need to get a dose of, this is your job, bucko, and just you need to do it. And get serious with God and get right with God and start doing your job. And we need some ladies to let him do it. But he's going to fail. He might. Guess what? How many times have you failed? He might lead us down the wrong path. 
He married him. Now, what about this and situation? Well, my husband doesn't want to come to church. Let's time out here for a little bit. Church has to do with your personal relationship with God. Uh, reading your Bible and taking your kids to church has to do with your relationship with God. Well, we're not going to go to church anymore. Uh, you better get your kids up and get them to church, even if your husband sits home in bed. Because that's the only thing that's going to spare those kids. That's not taking your leadership away from your husband. That's, uh, this is what I need to worship the Lord and have my personal relationship with God. And I'm going to do that and take my kids to church. Amen. So that, well, is that, that's what we're talking about here. There are things that leadership in the home, but there are personal things in your relationship with God that you need to do and need to take, go forward. And here's the third part of it. So we have husband, wife, we have Christ, husband, wife, and then we have children. Okay, notice how we have here. We have Christ, husband, children, or wife, children. Notice children where you're at. The lowest rung on the authority scale. And you know what? God, it's a beautiful thing. In all of this, children, what is your job? You only have two requirements. Honor and obey. That simple. Honor means to show respect towards your parents and to listen to them, heed them, understand what they're trying to do is help you, not hinder you. And when they've told you you've done something wrong, you've done something wrong. Now, do we make mistakes as parents? Yes. And we go back and we apologize? Yes. But at the same time, that's honoring. And then obeying. Do what they tell you to do. Because the pattern works if Christ is the head and Christ is honored and Christ is a member of the family and the husband follows Christ and the wife follows the husband who's following Christ and she has a personal relationship with God herself and then the children are following what mom and dad have laid out as they follow Christ and they use the word of God. So it's a flowing down of authority to the children. So if your children are disobeying you, especially if you're leading them in, you're not to steal and you stole here. Not only have you disobeyed me, you have dis. This is the important part we leave out. You've disobeyed the word of God. You've disobeyed God in that. It's not just because I said so. God said so. That is very, very important that we don't leave that out. Because kids can grow up and say, well, these are mom and dad's rules. No, these are God's rules. That apply to everybody. This is your only requirement. Obey and honor. If they live in your home, no matter how old you are, you need to obey all your parents' wishes. How about this? Abraham and Isaac. Isaac was 40 years old and living with his father. And Abraham sent his servant out. Go find, let's go find Isaac a wife among my brethren, 40 years old. He came to Isaac, hey, I'm going to go find you a wife, son. How would that go today? Oh, no, most kids don't even factor in their parents' input in a spouse today. Why do you think we have so much divorce? Because mom and dad are not factored in, and when they disapprove, they marry the person anyway. And it leads to hardship and heartbreak. Why? God's pattern is not followed. Now, am I saying we have to have arranged marriages? I'm not saying that, but I'm sorry. Mom and dad's input is needed when you marry somebody. Amen. 
I understand, as a well pastor, this it, I understand there are some exceptions to that rule in very extreme circumstances. I understand that. But as a general pattern of God's plan, mom and dad should be able to give you counsel and should be factored in because remember, you're young. You don't have everything figured out. Your parents have lived a lot longer than you have and have been through some things and made some mistakes. They want to prevent you from doing something. By the way, when it says I turn 18 or 21, whatever that date is, or 30, I get to turn off my mom and dad's counsel. It doesn't say that. Now, understand you have your own home. Do you have to listen? Do you have to obey? Well, I told you to do something. Do you have to do that? No, because the Bible says to leave and cleave. Your own family unit now. By the way, grandparents, if you want to have a relationship with your kids and grandkids, don't be telling them what to do all the time. Because we can be troublesome. And we want to save them from the trouble. But if they didn't ask, pray. You know, the most powerful thing we can do is pray. Pray. God takes care of it much better than we can. But here's the last, number three. Does it work? Preacher, I understand what you're saying. I understand. I see the pattern. I see, but does it work? I've seen other people try and follow the pattern, and it doesn't work. Can I just tell you something? God's word never returns void. Let's not look at other people while it didn't work for them. Remember, God never fails. We fail. We fail the pattern. We fail the plan. And we are the ones that fail in it, not God. God promises a blessing. God promises a godly heritage. God promises such wonderful riches and blessings. Yes, if you put it in place in every area without reservation, God does not deserve a 30-day trial period. Well, I'll give it a try. He deserves our best and our all, doesn't he? God can bring back your family. You can start out your family right. Do you want your family to make it? I think, well, absolutely I want my family to make it. Or do you have a plot picked out in the family graveyard if you don't follow it? It's up to you. God has given you the pattern. Follow it. There is no better option. Well, you know, I've read some way that interprets it this way. Hold on. God's word says what it says. What we've read tonight is extremely clear. It doesn't need interpretation. Amen. I don't, aren't you glad, especially with the big things that are in the word of God? God just makes them clear. They don't need interpretation. They're there for the taking. Are we going to follow it or not? Do you believe the word of God is the answer? to what we have going on today. And I tell you what, what people have been trying sure isn't working. Sure not working. Things are getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And our government's done a lot to destroy families today. When welfare, welfare today, if a woman has a child and has a man in her life at home, she's not allowed to take welfare until that man's out of her home. What has that done? That is, has that helped the family? No, it's destroyed it. Completely destroyed it. Because you know what men have said? I'm not needed. I'm not wanted. I don't have any responsibility. And that's what we have a culture of now today. It's not my responsibility. We have responsibilities as husbands and fathers. Let's stand and take up the mantle of responsibility. Ladies, follow your husband, though imperfect he is. You're not perfect either. He's imperfect. But if you both of you are walking with God and striving the best you know how to follow Christ, God works it all out. Let's follow the pattern.